0: Good afternoon, welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Quick note, we are broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Another day that you might have to look at these markets and go, what the heck? And I think that's probably the best way to describe it, as you can hear Heather in the background kind of chuckling, because it really is. The funds look like they've seen some big moves. And where was all these export sales that folks have been talking about from the last couple of days? And the Russians, they've got some work going on right now, as does South America and let's not even forget about all the outside market influence we're seeing on the trade. As we get ready to start winding down the week, Heather Ramsey joins us. She is with the ARC Group. And let's start out with those funds. Um, some big movers in the trade for a Thursday.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> I just have to chuckle at your opening statement here because how many things are we talking about right now? It's just crazy and the funds are definitely one of the bigger um supporters of this market run that we have had here over it's been almost almost three straight months of this um so the funds were sitting as of uh going through yesterday's close had on the single largest long position on soybeans ever um 280,000 contracts in soybeans uh that they, they were long and corn the longest they've been, the biggest position they've had since 2012. So these are kind of just like amazing numbers to see, and not only to see them um, in general that that size, but carry through harvest. Because um, let's be real, a lot of us have been done with harvest for quite some time now. It's been several weeks for some. Um, it's been at least a couple for others. It's I mean, why? The question was, why are funds still in the market? And that was probably the most surprising yet terrifying thing for people who are in the risk management business, because you know, at some point, you know, the shoe is going to drop, right? We're going to exit these fund positions and turn it back around. Now, today, it looks like funds are the driver to this downward market right now. They have pulled some money out. Based on some of these outside contributing uh, factors, their, their story's changing a little bit today. So um, when you look at where corn and beans finished and wheat finished, pretty big ranges today. Actually seeing um, about a 10, 12 cent range on corn, uh, closing down nine. And then if you look at beans, about a about a six to eight cent range, so not quite as big on beans, but closing down six and a half. These are the strongest downward movements that we've seen in quite some time on a single day. And then if you look at wheat as well, big negative day for wheat down about 12 so seeing funds kind of pull their money out now have they pulled it all no of course not um is this the start of more pullback because funds are trying to reposition um that's a very good question we'd all like to know the answer to so um trying to look forward we've you know we've got some holidays coming and we've got an end of the year coming and those are always very sensitive dates for the funds so i think people will start scrutinizing what are they doing with their positions a little bit more and, and also trying to scrutinize what do changes to resilient forecasts and what do changes in Russian wheat quota and all that mean to funds and their positions in commodities. So um, very interesting to see this kind of pullback um, for a change.
0: Well, you know, you, you look at what's been happening in, in the trade and the up and down roller coaster we're suddenly in. It surprises me because the last couple of days, you know, I guess, let me re- rewind a little bit, didn't surprise me we didn't see any export numbers yesterday after the WASTI report of Tuesday, but what surprises me is we're into a Thursday and there was nothing that came across that I saw.
1: Yeah, nothing. Um, there was rumors that there should have been some pretty big corn purchases, and that did not happen, uh, so that... I, I think the market kind of gets in this rhythm where they think they know what's going to happen. You know, we all do that, right? We think we know what the USDA is going to say on Tuesday. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we think we know um, what an export number is going to look like. We think we know what the funds are going to do. And so the market got kind of comfortable thinking they knew what this U.S. this uh, excuse me this export number should be this morning, and then for it not to happen, I'm I definitely think that's why um, funds you know pull back, and we see corn you know down nine today, you know something that felt like a given did not happen. I'm not, you know, if you, if you think about it from a supply and demand standpoint, it kind of makes sense that maybe that didn't pan out. We're, we're sitting here, um, last week's values and the beginning of this week's values on corn, some of the highest we've seen in uh, a long time. You know, we were really only about 40 cents off of that 2019 high from last year, which is crazy. Um, that was such a insane run last year, and so to sit here and say, wow, we're really not that far off of an all-time high, well, yeah, maybe that's That's probably why buyers put the kibosh on any more corn out there across the globe. You know, corn was starting to get expensive again, so... for people to be expecting it and be surprised by it, I can understand why they were in that position, uh, the funds specifically. But when you start looking at supply and demand and buying and selling and you buy cheap, you sell high, you know, why would buyers come in and not have a surprise Sale that doesn't pan out here at this point in time with these corn levels so yeah it's it kind of a double-edged thing where you you are shocked that it's not there but at the same time you can understand why it's not there
0: it makes you wonder though what the, what the global reaction was after that WASDE report on Tuesday with the corn yeah to see what if there was yeah. any sort of knee-jerk reaction
1: yeah I I would guess the knee-jerk reaction was like wait a second is this real <laughs> I, I think that that was kind of all of our reactions was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> what does that mean? And I, honestly, I think the market needed a breather today so that we can get a handle of, whoa, what does this mean? If this, you know, X, Y, and Z actually is what pans out. Because there was a lot of unknowns after WASD, you know, like what does up look like? You mm-hmm. know, what does short look really look like you know what does a short crop really look like you know there's there is some there's some trader analysts out there talking that on paper could we see negative
0: soybean carryout folks we got more coming up here on the Fontanel final bell we are going to talk what's happening with the south american weather and russia as well more is coming up it's the Fontanel final bell Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Heather Ramsey. She's with the ARC Group. So as we left, we started to hint about South America and we know it's been, they've had some weather concerns. It's been dry, just like what we have seen here in the U.S. But suddenly, I guess, Heather, we should say this should have been predicted because now South America says, oh, we're getting wet again and we've got rain coming our way. Yeah.
1: uh, The the thing about Dryness through South America. It's definitely real. I mean, it is real. I'm not going to say it's not real. But they have higher likelihoods of getting bigger rain shots through as we go through the season than, you know, if we start off dry. Gosh, is there a big chance that we could make it up in all-in-one weather system? Probably not. Um, so they do get better opportunity to make it up for some of those um, early dryness with a little bit of later season rains. And what we're seeing today is the... Um, the weather models have turned wetter over Argentina and central Brazil, which is really important. Those are those are the most important uh, growing areas, in my opinion. Um, central Brazil has huge volumes of soybean grown there. Western Argentina into um, parts of central Argentina have good uh, growing area there. Um, so those are really important. They turn a little bit wetter. Obviously, it's, it's we're talking about a tropical-type environment there. So, you know, for them to get rain, they can get bigger showers in one volume. They can get bigger amounts in, in one in one shot. So um, I'm not surprised, you know, like it starts off a little dry and they get some, some rain. I think the thing about Brazil that I'm also most shocked that isn't catching more, um, you know, talk time from everybody in the um, grain analyst side of things is, On Tuesday, when we had our USDA report, um, Brazil's version of USDA, Conab, C-O-N-A-B, however you phrase that, um, there's almost two, well, there's two, almost three million acres more of beans planted in Brazil this year than what they were expecting in the October report. So no one really talked about that either, and I was kind of like, huh, well, this is interesting. If they do get rain, not only will it be a record crop versus is what we were expecting, it definitely could be a record crop with additional acres planted as well. So because of the dryness, seeding has expanded in a lot of places. Um, We are starting to reach a critical moisture needs standpoint with them, and then then we get a forecast today that shows it wetter through this weekend, um, into this weekend. So um, a, a favorable Brazilian forecast could change this picture very quickly as well, and a favorable favorable Brazilian forecast definitely sends a signal to funds to exit some of those soybean positions. So um, yeah, this is probably been the first, uh, first forecast change in about two weeks that actually shows wetter for Brazil. So this one is a little bit of a surprise, but again, like we said, it's like a tropical environment. We should kind of expect to see some change and some opportunity coming at some point with them.
0: So tell me what's going on with Russia and wheat, and is it something we in the states should be nervous about?
1: Um, Yes, definitely. It will affect us. It will affect um, the availability of wheat on the global market, um, what's going on over there. Uh, The gist of it is they have a quota system of what they allow to be exported. Um, There's always some concern about meeting domestic needs in Russia. And so they have this quota system on. You can only export so many... Um, tons of wheat in a year. And what I was reading yesterday is they are discussing discussing uh, they are discussing lifting that quota system or expanding the quota system. Um, they expect Russia to get ag- aggressive on exporting wheat um, sometime here in the very, very near future. So you know December, uh, January, and February shipments uh, should peak up, perk up, you know, for sure, which that means there's more wheat on the global market, which then makes their grain, where they're situated and where a lot of wheat demand is at, makes their grain, their wheat more affordable than some of the other countries that compete, and the U.S. would be one of those countries that... Competes. So uh, that puts some pressure on U.S. wheat, obviously, and wheat and corn always tend to have some sort of correlative, um, you know, factor in there, um, basically because they're grains and they share kind of a profile of end users in a lot of places, and so that will put some pressure onto the corn market as well. We do see that announcement yesterday uh, affecting wheat here today. Um, it was late yesterday, so um, wheat showing down 12 it's probably a a lot of that is related to Russia's export program picking up and getting aggressive here um, with the lifting or sanction of
0: those those tariffs and quota system. So, um, good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Heather?
1: Um, they can definitely check us out online uh, at agriskconsulting.net or give us a holler. Um, any one of us is more than happy to talk to anyone, answer questions, uh, give, a, give them a piece of our mind, I guess. So uh, that number in Lincoln is 402 Or like I said, check us out online at agriskconsulting.net.
0: Well, just a reminder, folks, that trading is not... Just a reminder, trading futures and options are a risk to some and that's suitable for all investors. That's a Fotnail final bell brought to you by Fontenelle hybrids and all your local dealers on the World Radio Network.